Welcome to Fargo Talks Fargo, an unofficial podcast on the FX television series. Fargo Talks Fargo is hosted by me, Bill, and my buddy, Sharpie. Hey, now. This season of Fargo Talks Fargo is sponsored by Fargo Brewing and their Wood Chipper IPA. Also, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Visit audibletrial.com slash Fargo Talks Fargo to find out more. Oh, my goodness, Sharpie. By the way, uh, glad you made it home uh, in one piece from Fargo. Here we are. I have, I just uh, literally walked in the door about 20 minutes before the show started. And uh, yeah. I was from my drive back from Fargo to Denver. So did you beat the weather? It was a little bit of a doozy. I, uh, I was going to go the whole, I was going to go in one trip, but I hit uh, Rapid City yesterday and I couldn't see anything. So I stopped. Oh, no car, kidding. Cars in the ditch and stuff. So I was like, this is going to have to be a two-dayer. So where did you stay in Rapid City? Uh, I stayed at a really nice hotel, Cambria. Oh, you didn't stay at the Alex Johnson like I did? Uh, no, because I used points, so it was free. <laughs> oh, crap. Well, I'll be, I'll be back in Rapid City next week for Fargo. Record oh. our hot dish. Yeah. And are you staying at the Alex Johnson? I am staying at the Alex Johnson. So if you're <laughs> planning on murdering me, at least wait till we, you know, I get a couple drinks in me. Okay. That's fair. South Dakota's kind of stabby, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here we are. Episode hot eight. Dish. Hot dish. Title is Lop Lop. We'll get into that later. We don't have to go deep catalog on that just yet. But... Alter egos and all sorts of stuff. I love the opening music. Bashi Moana. I uh, maybe saying this wrong. Muzio Tunya. Can't wait to ask <laughs> Maggie Phillips about that later this week when we we had uh, scheduled something. Some things came up. We missed it. But uh, if all comes out well, we will be interviewing Maggie Phillips, the music supervisor for Fargo. Um, can't I really can't wait to talk to her because I've been enjoying all the music so much this season. But uh, so. Peggy, is she fully actualized or batshit crazy? Right. So, I mean, briefly, based on the the title of the show, which talks about alter egos and things like that, we kind of kick into that right off the bat when she starts seeing things, uh, Mm -hmm. seeing what she wants to believe. Uh, I I didn't really know too much about the life spring thing other than what we've talked about in the past. But upon further looking into it, I never realized how many similarities it had to um, Scientology. Um, mm. And one of the things they talk about in Lifespring is it's essentially about um, the idea that truth is sort of a relative term and you kind of create your own truth based on how you want your life to be. Which oh, is, so it's fake. I mean, Peggy to a T. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to find your truth, <laughs> what they do is uh, your truth supposedly resides in your quote-unquote core and yeah. then to reveal your core, you have to you have to break yourself down, and that's very similar to Scientology. They do the same thing where you go into like a what do they call it, like a dyad or something, I where it's know, you one put on your one. Hands on these little, you got to hold these things, and yeah, it's just like that where uh, you, you're you're essentially one on one with an interviewer, and they break you down until you you know you're you're in bits and pieces. And I don't know if anybody's seen Going Clear or knows anything about Scientology, but it has that element and this life spring stuff had the same type of element where you break your, these people break you down to you get to your, whatever it is, your core. 
And then mm-hmm. once you know your core, that's how you start the actualization process, or or so is my understanding, where you sure. sort of de- you you see it, you be it, you know. So you failed out of the program, is what you're telling me. <laughs> um, I, I'm, uh, I'm seeing a lot of, I'm seeing a lot of fun stuff, but uh, I'm gonna go front to back right here with uh, something I noticed that I was gonna save for tomorrow night. What? But very early in the show, um, Dodd says, "This lady has lost her mind, brother." Mm-hmm. And then, uh, if you remember, towards the very, very end of the show, um. Eventually, again, Ed gets called brother again by Mike Milligan, where he says, brother, I like your style. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of an interesting, I don't know if it's on purpose or not, but the fact that two guys would both call him brother, interesting mm-hmm. to me. The whole but, dynamic, the whole the whole Peg and Ed story in this one was so fun to watch that I, I just was grinning from ear to ear. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? Um, That... I love Ed's just sort of nonchalant uh, attitude right now where he's not really, like, freaking out. I mean, he's never, like, that high-strung of a person, um, but you could tell when he was at least stressed out, and now he might be a little bit stressed out, but he's not as much as he used to be. He he sometimes reminds me... He's playing me. the role of the Butcher of Laverne now. Now he he's becoming the Butcher of, of Laverne, speaking of alter egos. <laughs> he reminds me a little bit his early season attitude of... I'm going to forget the character's name. Um, but in Boogie Nights, uh, when when they're trying to get the... When Mark Wahlberg and John C. Riley are trying to get the tapes for their record thing. You know, and they're like... Mm-hmm. You, you know, you can't get the tapes unless you have the money. And he's like, well, hey, man, you don't understand. I mean, uh, there's magic on those tapes. And it's like the tone and the pace of it is like, you're not listening to me. You're so singularly focused on your thing. So he was like, early in the season, he's like, well, we, we got to buy the butcher shop. And then we got to we gotta have kids. And that's what we're going to do. I mean, have you listened to those tapes? There's magic in that shop. Feel, 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 feel my heat. Sorry, if you haven't seen Boogie Nights, you should get out there and uh, go ahead and do that. You should definitely uh, watch that movie. P.T. Anderson is pretty amazing. Yeah. But um, I I actually really, my favorite part of the opening was just the just full-blown <laughs> sucker punch that he gave Dodd. Oh, yeah. He's establishing that he is now the Butcher of Laverne. He's in charge a little bit. Mm-hmm. Although um, I thought it was a of item of note that even in the car they're both ranting, and even as the split screen happens, they're both not even talking about the same thing. They're so both out of their gourd that they can't oh, even. When they were talking, when they're she just manic, goes, they're both manic. When they're both she completely manic. When she mentions how they're not trapped anymore, and he's like, "Well, we weren't trapped. I mean, that was our home. We, that wasn't a trap. It just shows their separation that they it. had." But now this little adventure is bringing them together, kind of. <laughs> Hank, Hank coming down the stairs after Lou has stepped into the crime scene, very obviously, which I was thinking, oh, man, you can't step there. And then Hank looks at the guy on the ground and goes, gunshot. Yep. <laughs> well, duh. Like, just like, come on. Uh, I think I think there's plenty of people we've seen comments from uh, and talk to online, and I think Carmelo brought it up that he's definitely got a concussion, and I think we found that out now. Yes, something he's definitely. The, he definitely has a concussion. Yeah. So now everybody can stop freaking out about 
why he didn't go in looking for her uh, at the night when that all went down. It all it all makes sense now. It turns out Noah and crew know what the hell they're doing. And just to touch base on the thing, I feel like a lot of people have confirmed that, you know, it, Simone's dead. She's confirmed it supposedly with a Hollywood reporter. Yeah. I'm and still uh, sad. Still sad about it. Yeah, and as our friend uh, Jason had mentioned earlier, he, he texted us and he's like, uh, do they ever play Oh Danny Boy when somebody doesn't die? <laughs> and that's true. I thought I brought that up. I I know you mentioned Dan, Oh Danny Boy. I'm pretty sure. I, I, yeah, maybe it was in our text message because I was like, yeah. nobody gets this song played unless somebody is dead. It's rarely somebody's just like, hey, let's just play Danny Boy. What a good song. <laughs> Safe to say she's dead. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and, and then I do like the... I do like the fact on this show that we're seeing, I'm going to stick with Dodd and Ed and Peggy for a minute, that that we, we're seeing a small amount of moderate humility out of Dodd when he's not got the upper hand anymore eventually. Like, he's kind of, he's. I love that he says, she's crazy, keep her away from me. Hun, you got to stop stabbing him. <laughs> he is, he sort of a, takes on this role of this, child um you know she's basically baby feeding him with the beans and it's getting all over his mouth um he's got to be taken care of in terms of going to the bathroom yeah it's the baby they've always wanted that ed's (laughs) that ed has always wanted and peg never did (laughs) you're right he's in the high chair in the high chair when when peggy's now when she's on the phone um and Dodd is in the background. This is the first time we've seen uh, a split focus, I think, that I've noticed anyway. And that really caught me off guard. We've done a lot of split screens. Yes. But for the, this, it really reminded me of the scene in Reservoir Dogs when there's the guy tied up in the chair who's got his ear cut off. And there's the other guy dancing around. Uh, and there's uh, the, the Jeff Roth. Or Jeff Roth. Totally different guy. Tim Tim, Tim Roth, Roth character and he's sort of laying in the background and that 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 was just sort of a, a shout out to also 70s film techniques. It's called a split focus uh dioptic, I think, lens or lens attachment. Um I should probably It's a practical it. effect though, right? It is a practical effect. A split field diopter is what it's called. It's yeah. basically a piece of glass where half of it is, is curved and half isn't, so you can do yep. near field or nearsighted and farsighted at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Which it was very... wonder if they did it that way or if they just did it in post. I don't know. I like to assume that they did it for real. It, it had that kind of real look, but it'd be pretty easy in post too. Yeah. But they that was a common uh, technique in 70s filmmaking. So it's interesting that we saw that now or that they threw that in now because we've been seeing a lot of the split screen stuff. Yeah. Um, we Here's could a, talk... A little... Oh, a little yeah. Detail. Yeah. Hansi goes to Sioux Falls, stands in front of the 22 hang sign, which I'm still not completely uh, positive about because there was the 38 hanged people in Mankato in like 18-whatever. But wasn't that the original massacre that we talked about really early on in the season, or was that a different massacre? Um, I think that might have been a different massacre. <laughs> what did you, what did you Google... But what was this massacre at Sioux Falls or something like that? Yeah. 
No, I think it's the same thing. Is that there was the the great Sioux massacre? Um, I don't know. Either way, we'll look it up tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Dakota War of eighteen sixty two was a huge Sioux uprising. Um, and eventually it ended with a mass execution of 38 Dakota men in Mankato, which is south of Minneapolis. But it was known as the Sioux Uprising. Anyway, it had a very, very similar thing that stood in Mankato for many, many years, um, where it was like, but it was actually like a monument type of statue, you know, like headstone looking thing. Uh, and eventually, I think it came down. But um, Hanzi definitely is reaching a break point about some stuff. I think that's, I think I really think that's what, that's what happened to Hanzi in this episode. He's pushed over the ledge right now. Yeah. He's taken too much shit from too many people about who he is. And I, I'm not afraid to skip around. Sorry. I mean, the minute he started, he called him half breed. I was like, that's okay. The guy just found you mm-hmm. and you call him half breed. And then somewhere after that, he called him uh, a, a mongrel. Mm hmm. And I, the minute he started asking about the haircut, I was like, dude, bro wants a new life. Yep. And the minute he wanted a new wife, I was like, he's going to either, I couldn't honestly decide in the split second before it happened, if he was going to just punch him in the face to shut him up or, or actually shoot him. And boy, he, I think the cutting of his hair was definitely the cutting of his ties with the Gerhardt's. Yeah. There's no way he's returning to the Gerhardt's with like a fresh new do and be like, hey guys, it's still me, same old Hansi. Now he's cutting his hair to change just to, to change yeah, his identity. Yeah, he said he was sick of the, he said he wanted to leave the lifestyle. Yeah. Um, little other items of note, talking about set dressing and stuff, and we're working on something about that, so hopefully we might have another special episode coming up about set design. Uh, did you catch? I was right. Uh, later, I I tweeted you, yeah. tweeted you I, that, and I eventually tweeted it about the uh, old Dutch chips and lining kugels. We'd mentioned lining kugels earlier. We were pretty sure it was a Lineys bottle. So, outside of the rampant Miller Light, which product placement, I guess I don't know. Must be. Um, the old Dutch chips are a very Minnesota thing. Um, they're originally from Roseville, Minnesota, and then lining kugels is just just a shade across the eastern minnesota border but they're things that you would definitely find around around the midwest and everybody's got dutch chips i love that they had the little bags of the bar bq hey did you catch that the the paper was the clay clay county post mm-hmm. thought that was interesting i loved how we um got the explanation of ed's connecting of the dots between like whom mm. to call and that whole deal. Yeah. The whole, uh, so I mean, he started with the Gerhardt's and his conversation, which was that conversation with Ricky G. I guarantee you those are the Ricky G phone <laughs> because calls where he's like, he, Ricky well, G well, was I, like, cause he, he was the he only was like, one that would have been clueless. Cause if you, if you play it back, there was somebody who was trying to get a hold of bear and bears like, I, I, I gotta I got go kill my, my niece. Go inside. <laughs> so he's having trouble connecting with the Gerhards, uh, and then finds that newspaper article. Just basically, which saying, I think is great. <laughs> An article about Kansas City mob guy holed up at the Pearl Hotel. <laughs> come, everybody, come see. I wanted to. I wanted to feel that it was just a slight, slight reference still to Mike Milligan's butt. And now being, we being holed up. 
<laughs> oh, you think that's what it was? <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to because I'm 10. <laughs> um, I, then I we do cl- think, yeah, but there's, well, what I was going to say was the clay, the reason I said it was interesting that was the Clay County Post is that Fargo resides on the river between North Dakota and Minnesota, and one side is Fargo, the other side is Moorhead. We live in Cass County, they're in Clay County, and Fargo's much bigger. So I was like, I doubt they would have a newspaper. We're way cooler in Moorhead. Oh, <laughs> snap, I just said that. Here comes the mail. What were you going to say, though? I'm sorry. Oh, well, I kind of interrupted your train of thought there, but uh, I like that we got to see the clear view of the hangman on the phone booth now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously Sioux Falls. Yeah. The, Fun stuff. The missing letters are U and I and A. Um, he but didn't have enough to buy a vowel? <laughs> I guess not. Vowels wrong are more game, expensive wrong game, in my Hangman. Bad, my, my bad, wrong game. <laughs> Playing a little Hangman with, in Sioux Falls is what what's going down. <laughs> speaking of Hansi, Lots of hanging references. Yeah, speaking of Hansi, though, shooting the guys in the knees. Immediately yes, gave great. me the old, well, now we got two wounded knees. <laughs> and there's more of those uh, symbols in, that were up in the bar. Yeah, I need to now, go back I'm not and sure look at if that those tomorrow. Were, I don't, I'm not sure if those were in line with the same symbols that were in Hank's house, but those looked like more um, more Native American style yeah. symbols. So I still think Hank's making his own language after his probing. Could be. Hey, how did you like the... That was the first long, awkward chatter we've had since the meat shop in episode one between the guy... Uh, behind the counter and Ed just, okay then. It, they brought back the okay thens pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple references to Pop. Yes. That we hadn't heard much of. A couple very obvious references to Pop. I yeah. haven't said Pop in a long time. I say, I've, I've been, I don't know when I decided to change it, but I, I say soda a lot. I definitely called it Pop as a kid and at some point transitioned to soda because it's a much better word. <laughs> Plus, we're cool like that. <laughs> I don't think soda classifies as like a hipster thing. No, no, I just I don't mean it that way. I mean it as in we're cool because we want to use the words the rest <laughs> of the people use. We don't want. <laughs> oh, you want to pop? <laughs> but no, uh, I just it was it's when you hear it when you're watching a show like that you hear it and for me it's like a big sore thumb, not in a bad way, just in a oh yeah, that's a. Get, Ew, yeah, it stands. You know, you go to a restaurant. Oh, can I start you off with a pop? <laughs> with some old um, Dutch chips. So, uh, where do you where do you want to take the rest of this? We only got a few more minutes here, really, a minute or so. I mean, I, we didn't even get to the point where, I mean, you knew Dodd was going to wriggle out. He started doing that shit with his shoulder really early on, mm, and it made me yeah. go, "He's not going to stop." And doing you've that. got Peggy on watch. I mean, that was bound to fail. Yes. She gets enveloped in this. Was was she watching the Eagle's Nest now? Was that is that I was trying to say so was that the Eagle's Nest? I'm just gonna assume it was, and it was definitely a ragged movie. Yeah. I just think it's another instance or what did I tell you? Uh so I don't have to rethink too hard again. I just I basically said, Oh, it's another instance of Peggy's inability to live in the real world and it messes up or you know, messes up the real world for her because she can't stay focused. You know, it's a magazine it's a, oh, shit, we've got to talk about Hansi and Constance. Think she's dead? Plus, 
was I right or was I right? She had way bigger designs on Peggy than just helping her actualize herself. I think she wanted yeah, to I actualize think- her right out of her clothes and into a, a nice glass of Chablis. You, yeah, you nailed that, I think, from her first appearance, is that she had the hots for Peggy. I do like the fact that her last name's Heck. Yeah. We finally found that out. Because if you go on IMDb, it just says Constance. They hadn't, at that point, hadn't revealed her last name to me, Ms. Heck. Ms. Heck? Heck. I thought I that was a fun scene. With I don't Hansi, know though. if she's alive or not. I would think that he spared her. You think so? He wants mm-hmm. to be done. There's no reason to kill her. Yeah. Oh, on playback, you can go do it. I'm going to go do it. When Hansi's pulling up to the cabin, he passes a, the cabin prior to, and we see behind a shed on the side of a cabin, I saw a yellow thing. I think it was the wood chipper. Very possible. We'll go, back, go back and check for the wood chipper. And then, um, yeah. I mean, so he gets out. The guys show up. It's on. That's, oh, and yeah. Whatever they did to make... um. Ed looked like he was actually hanging. Usually you see people struggling and they're kind of red. I mean, he's got that. <laughs> good, good job. I hope he didn't, if that was natural and he was just pushing, I hope he didn't get a hemorrhoid from that. Hopefully some of that, uh, you know, extra padding around his neck yeah. helped him out. I love the Gave fact him a couple that it's more like, seconds. he had like a foot dangling on the table and Dodd's just still having a conversation. He's like, oh, let me just take that away from you. And then he's like, got the leg of the chair and Dodd's like, well, and then, Whoop, let me just take that away. And as Peggy's trying to save him, I'm just like, Peggy, just shove a table under there. Put a chair under there. She's like <laughs> running around like right crazy. Pick it up and stick it under his feet. It'll help. But I I suppose he's passed out, so maybe he won't stand up on his own. Might, even. Yeah. So still dead weight, but... <laughs> Plus, she wasn't too... Uh, she She does all right with a knife, but that... Oh, yeah, <laughs> there's a cat in the thing here. Could you hear that? Yeah. But anyway, I don't know. I don't know if I have anything else, Major, I want to No, I think that's pretty sh- good. Um, If you have any insight or hot tips, uh, get them out as yeah. soon as you can so we can fit them in on the, on the deep dive later on this week. Mm-hmm. We have gotten a message about a possible um, finale viewing party in Denver. Yeah. You saw that. I was going to ask you. Yep. So we'll have to follow up on that, get the details. But if you're in the Denver area, it sounds like there will be a restaurant holding a finale viewing party. Yeah, that'll be fun. More on that later. Other than that, I think we just need a little rewatch, look at some stuff. Uh, I think Satan's a woman. Think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Right? He does not like the women. women Nope. He does not like, well, he's going to be a lot, if he lives, well, He's dead, too. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of a big one, Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. I'm glad. I'm glad that we don't have to, uh, you know, waste time with watching him die in in the last episode. Yeah, true, I'm glad that that's sort of out of the way now, and we can go on to other things. Yes. We need to talk. Let's try to remember to talk about that later. Okay. Uh, I, don't, I mean, like Wednesday uh, about that. But so thanks again. This is where I'm doing our sponsor reads on the hot dish at the end it, to Fargo Brewing for sponsoring this season and for their official beer, the wood chipper of the podcast. So please go to FargoBrewing.com and check them out. Also visit 
audibletrial.com slash Fargo Talks Fargo because listening to books is awesome. You're already listening to a podcast and you like it. So we highly recommend you go and you sign up for an account. You get a 30-day free trial and you get one credit for that. And we have already recommended a whole bunch of books. Uh, And so just go to FargoTalksFargo.com and click through any of the posts we made. And most of them have a book reference that we think you could do mostly on the, sometimes in the hot dish, always on the full episode recap. So, Sharpie? Yes. Wednesday? Wednesday. Blop, blop. Blop, blop.